Hey there, everybody. I'm not sure what happened. It looked like a little technical difficulty on the intro there. But I'm here with Eric Swoop. He's a four, uh, he played four years uh, tight end for the Indianapolis Colts. He rounded out his career with the Las Vegas Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers. And today he's the head of sports partnerships at Heroic. It's a social training platform built to make people perform at their best. Hey, Eric. Good morning. Hey. Man. Thanks for getting in so early. It's, it's <laughs> early where you are. It's a little early. The sun's not quite up yet, but I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, hey, cheers. I know you must have a cup of coffee someplace out there. Gotta so. have it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cheers. Cheers, man. <laughs> Cat dad, huh? <laughs> yes. I am an animal lover by trade. I, um, I have four beautiful cats that I love, and uh, two of them are Bengals, which are pretty exciting because they are part domestic, part wild. So okay. they keep the household uh, in check and keep us balanced. <laughs> and then we also actually, about 15 minutes down the road, we have a gigantic horse. His name oh. is Lucas. Wow. And he's uh he's a little over twelve hundred pounds, so he is a bundle of joy. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric, I want to hop right into our conversation for today, okay? Yeah, and it and it starts with this question. Does self talk make any difference at all? What do you think? Uh self talk is like <laughs> it's everything. I mean, coming from my sports background, uh just to give a little bit more context to the listeners, um, I played college basketball. I actually played basketball my entire life. Um, football was never in the plans, was never an idea, any of those things. Uh, originally from Southern California, and I decided to rip the Band-Aid and move to the East Coast and to <laughs> Miami, Florida to go to University of Miami. And um, starting from that to then transitioning from college basketball to professional football with zero prior experience mm. let's just say self-talk was kind of like the bread and butter that kept me grounded <laughs> I, I i bet it was man i mean that that's a heck of a transition and to be able to play such a demanding sport at the professional level without really doing it all that much in your life must have been really something well let's talk a little bit about specifically the kind of self-talk that athletes use what what are mm -hmm. what what did you do what did you see your teammates do what was that what's that like yeah so i mean a lot of it comes you know I, i'll never forget my my very first time visiting on a college campus and we're playing pickup with the guys that are there and it was my opportunity to let my teammates know Hey, I'm from California, but don't get it twisted. I'm not soft. And <laughs> my whole flight there, you know, instead of, and this is kind of funny now that I reflect on it, but instead of being like excited about college, my whole thing was I was trying to get myself mentally motivated, said, okay, these guys, you know, they're in the position that I want. They are pushing to become NBA players. I need to set the tempo right now. So what can I do for myself? So the whole trip I'm thinking, okay, what is my strong suits? What have I been good at? stick to what I know, push myself, don't let anybody push me around. I'm literally thinking this for a five and a half hour sure. flight. So by the time I got there, I was so fired up. My teammates, like the nicest guys in the world, they could have cared less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I mean, going from that to end game, you, you know, you develop these different routines and a lot of that 
is what allows you to play free when you're, you know, out on a court or on a field or, or doing anything in high levels of competition mm-hmm. is keeping yourself grounded because most of what, you know, players and viewers enjoy is the uncertainty of it all. Mm-hmm. You know, you go in with a plan of action, with a protocol, these things are going to go this way. We're going to win by this amount because we're right. just going to be so committed. And then you make a bunch of mistakes down the road and yeah. all of it is how do you bounce back? How do you keep yourself motivated? How do you, you know, not worry about the score or the situation at hand and just focus on your fundamentals. So self-talk is, is I mean, it's huge. It's, it's everything. And, to give an example of, um, you know, a very, very close friend of mine who was very instrumental in my growth in football was Andrew Luck. Uh, he was the quarterback in, in the Indianapolis Colts my entire tenure there. Yeah. And um, I, he was he was an awesome guy. He let me kind of lean in and ask him questions. And between him and another gentleman named Jack Doyle, who's another tight end still playing, and I'm still rooting for him very hard is um, <laughs> both of them had very similar messages to me, which was just trust, trust yourself. Yeah. Even though you don't know everything that's happening, that's the whole point is you need to submerge yourself in this and know that you're here for a reason. So sure. yeah. no matter what it looks like, if it's not as perfect yeah. as some other person, as long as you are completely committed to the process of what we're trying to do as a team, you will achieve at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, all the research suggests that people that have really positive self-talk can um, allow themselves to better solve problems, think differently, improve performance, and so on. And, of course, there's implications for the business uh, person, too. It's the same thing. We're constantly in in our own heads, and we're talking to ourselves all day long. And what we say really matters, right? So... If we were saying, oh, this will never work, then all of a sudden, guess what? It doesn't work. But if, exactly. we're able to, yeah, if we're able to say, well, hey, let's learn from this. This is going to be tough, but I bet we can get it done. Then we get a better result. Um, let's play a little game. Are you up for a little game, Eric? Let's do it. Bright right. and early, let's, let's play a game. You got you to gotta, yeah, break a sweat early in the morning. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully this won't be too tough for you. I don't think it will. <laughs> But here's here's how we'll do it. I'll throw out a negative self-talk message, okay? okay? Yeah. And you respond to how we can sort of reword it or rethink it or re-message it in a positive way. I like it. Let's do it. All right. So the first one is this. And, and again, it, it sort of, it's one of those, so go with me. You may not like the question, but all right. Fair enough. You're a good sport. I, 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 know, I know you well <laughs> enough to know you can handle it. So here's the first negative self-thought. Okay. I let everyone on my team down when I don't score. It's a good one. It happens a lot. It comes up a lot. Yeah. Um, the way I'd flip that is, hey, I pushed myself. I, I, I was willing to take a risk. Now I know how to improve my preparation. Okay. You know, yeah. you go out into a game, things don't go well. That's like I was saying earlier, that's most of the experience. But now, you know, when that scenario comes up, bam, I have a protocol. And all of a sudden that issue becomes no more. Yeah. You know, as a a person that played sports all through, you know, at least my uh, early life, you know, the the self-talk thing for me might be something like, hey, sports is a team event. We win together. We lose together. It's not all on me. 
So exactly. rather than instead of telling myself, oh, wow, you know, this is bad. We didn't score because I didn't get over the goal line. I can rather mm-hmm. say, all right, next play, my team. It's not just all me. Here's here's yeah. the second one. Let's try okay. this one. This is more sort of business related. I've never done this before, and I bet I'll be bad at it. Well, I've said this to myself a few times <laughs> recently. <laughs> okay. Um, one yeah, because uh, you're in a period of transition. I am. I am yeah. in a major transition. I okay. just walked away from football about coming up about seven months ago. And yeah. let's just say this has crept into my mind a few times. And sure. uh, a close mentor of me, actually, a mentor to me, excuse me, uh, he said, you're halfway to the solution when you figure out the problem. Yeah. So if you feel like you don't know what's going on, you don't know how to go about it. Well, the first thing you do is say, okay, I have, a, there is a situation. Sure. Now I need to immerse myself in it. And that's the only way I'm going to find my solution. Yeah. 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 I mean, so for me, when I'm confirmed, cause like you, I, uh, again, it's, you're always doing new things. You're always pushing yourself. You're always, you know, every time I get a new client, it's a new challenge. You know, I'm parachuting into no a, so it amounts to figuratively a burning building because people don't hire <laughs> consultants when everything's going good. They hire <laughs> consultants when things aren't. So yeah. what I try to do with the self-talk in those instances is say, wow, this is a, a wonderful opportunity to learn and to grow with the others that I'm going to be working with. Exactly. So, yeah. So it's not just, oh, I, I've never done this before, but rather this is going to be cool. I'm going to learn something and and it's going to be fun to do it with other people, you know. Let's yeah. do one more. One okay, more. Let's do it. Yeah. Here's the negative thought. There's just no way this will work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one to end on, right, Eric? It is. It is. It is. <laughs> that That is, it, again, like you said, in sports and business and life and your relationships, this always comes up. And, you know, I think the biggest derivative is it's kind of the same thing over and over and over. You will not know the answer to that until you try. So yeah. if you feel like, oh, this isn't going to work, this isn't going to work. Well, the first question is, have you put any effort into it? Have you yeah. looked into it? Have you yeah. gone on a deep dive? Because sure. the moment you do, you unlock its potential. Whatever the scenario, whatever the situation is, right. you know, some of the stuff is very humbling. Some of it is just things you'd rather not do. But the moment you rip that Band-Aid and actually take the time to deep dive and say, well, let me see what happens when I systematically try and figure out yeah. what this is yeah boom scenario yeah. that that statement yeah. gone yeah sure i mean you know the, the, and again for me the the answer is sort of like wow you know i'm gonna do whatever it takes to make it work and mm-hmm. in fact I, I i have a challenge coin that i keep in my pocket uh when i'm mm-hmm. on the road and it's okay it, it basically says you know whatever it takes yeah. And, I, and I can kind of reach into my pocket and feel the coin every so often. And it's great when I'm working with military folks or former military, because they all have all kinds of challenge coins all over the place. So if they ever <laughs> give me a challenge coin challenge, I've got my challenge coin. <laughs> but but it's it's also like a reference point for me to say, yeah, you're willing to do whatever it takes to get this job done at a high level. Absolutely. So, so don't whine about it. Just get it done. You know, that kind of thing. No, and, and and to your point, um, I used to have a challenge coin. My wallet got a little bit smaller, so I can't hold on to it all the time. But yeah. when I was playing with the Colts, um, our head coach, Chuck Pagano, he gave us, uh, it was coins that said grit on it. 
Okay. And he, he was very big about, you know, the concept and talked a lot about Angela Duckworth's book on grit yeah. and just kind of understanding doing what, again, whatever it takes. And one of his favorite quotes that I still kind of live, I mean, not kind of, I still live by is you see a little, you see a lot, you see everything, you see nothing. Being able to be that focused at anything that's happening when it's, you know, you got a big project, you have a lofty goal, you have something that you're trying to tackle, something in business, something athletically, something with your family, when you're able to hone in and focus on those finite details, like you said, oh, it's not going to work. Well, when you actually dig to figure out what is the scenario, what's the issue, all of a sudden it's like that idea, your sense of creativity is able to just expand the levels that you didn't even know were in there. And that's kind of how it's been for me in this recent, you know, career transition. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I, I want to play around with that a little bit because you touched on it just then. Man, you're like a you're you're great with the segues. I got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about flow because that's really what you were talking about. If you can yeah. be that that focused, you're going to get that feeling like nothing's standing in your way, you know. But it requires exactly. so much focus and so much sort of being in the moment and all that stuff. Talk a little bit about how self talk might help people get to that elusive experience of, of flow because it, it happens at work too. You know, if you're, if you're able to focus on the work that at hand, you're going to do a better job with it. And it's going to feel like, a, 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 you know, five hours is going to feel like five minutes. Yeah. Well, one major component that, uh, you know, I think is coming into society in, in a very fast and, and, and good way is mindfulness meditation. Mm-hmm. Taking the time, you know, that the crazy science that shows that, you know, 10 minutes of meditating can help to regrow your frontal cortex. It's like, I heard that when I was a sophomore in high school, I was actually going through an injury. Um, I went to a very prestigious high school called Harvard Westlake down in Southern California. And mm-hmm. I had never taken, and it's a little bit of a segue, but it's going to make sense. Okay. Um, <laughs> Go for it, I, man. I had, never, yeah. <laughs> I had never taken a final with my whole class with me, you know, hundred, several hundred people. And um, I had come from the public school system. So it was, you know, very daunting. I'm in this school. Everything is so intense. And I was a freshman on varsity, which was my first big lofty goal as a kid. And uh, I got overwhelmed. I started to deal with anxiety and mm. You know, I love my mom for this. She was like, you should try yoga. Yoga mm. typically ends with a brief meditation period. Mm-hmm. I got very into that last six to 10 minute cycle. And then all of a sudden I found myself calmer. Didn't really know why. Didn't really understand why. But it was the first time that I started to experience flow. And it was happening in the classroom. And then I was like, well, that was weird. Like you said, I, I just went through a six hour school day. And I remember like everything so deeply, so Mm. systematically that Mm. it felt like five minutes, but it was Mm. six hours. Mm. And then, you know, and then later in that season on a, on a sports front, uh, I played a game and I, at the end, my, my dad was like, wow, you know, it was a great game, son. Like what what was going on? And I was like, honestly, I don't, but he taught you how to box out, of course. Oh, he taught me how to box right. out. <laughs> he taught me how to box out. But in this particular instance, it was my career high. I had 40 points, and I didn't really recall much of the game. I just remember focusing on the top corner square yeah. of the basket because that yeah. was the thing I had been taught at the time. Yeah. And, yeah, I looked up, and, and again, 
I, for me, this, a lot of this came from yoga and meditation. Yeah. I was able to dissociate to the point that when I was playing in front of 60,000 people, I, you know, I was actually most, exactly. I was most nervous when there were 1500 people because I knew every single face, but as I developed my own practice, it allowed me to stand in front of, like I said, 60 plus thousand people. And it's like, Oh, this is cool. And that's as far as it went. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. wow, what a brilliant opportunity. Well, you know, it's, I, and I too, believe it or not, I practice yoga only because I'm an old dude and I need to maintain my flexibility. But I, but I will tell you, <laughs> the, the, the meditation part of it is sort of almost the opposite of self-talk, right? Because you're, yeah. you're really trying not to be thinking about anything and letting the, th- the thoughts sort of just come in and sort of through the chicken wire in the middle of your head and go out the other side, you know? Exactly. But but I do think it serves the same purpose. It's like being able to get clear, to get centered, to get focused, to be in the moment, you know, that kind of thing. And and I think think that has a huge um, impact on performance, right? Yeah, well, exactly what you just said is the practice of letting a thought enter your brain, you gain awareness, I'm thinking something, Right. is what allows it to dissipate that's a practice that takes yeah. a lot of no, time know. and yeah. you know because if, if anyone sure. on here or between you and i like yeah when you meditate it sounds like you're on a freeway in your mind yeah. you know it's blah, 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 all these things are crossing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, and then right. you start to notice oh i'm thinking this and then it gets a little bit quieter and it may yeah. only be for 10 seconds yeah. 20 seconds 30 seconds yeah. but right. just that taking that time to gain that awareness like you said when we get into our workflow when we have all these projects and we're mm-hmm. getting Slack messages and this and that, <laughs> you're able to just let those things kind of come and go. You handle them as they happen. And then you look up and you're like, wow, I just got a lot done today. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I know. Let, let's shift a little bit back on, on onto the topic of, of self-talk. Okay. And, and, and well, I'm interested in your take on this and I, and I think, hearing you share your stories about your mother helping you through that period, you know, when you were injured back in high school and so on. My bet is she and and probably your dad too were really helpful in helping you form how you do self-talk. But do you think self-talk could be learned, you know, from teammates, from parents, from coaches, someone's boss at work? Oh, absolutely. So to your point, my mom, my dad, and my older brother were a small family, but I was blessed to be around grandparents, great grandparents, you know, good friends, good teammates. And I think that self-talk is definitely learned. It's something, you know, as a kid, if I see my older brother going through a tough moment, my parents say something kind to him, him take that moment, process it and move on, whatever it is, that's me learning self-talk. You know, if I'm watching a teammate, like you said, he, he, he missed the... He missed the big shot or didn't didn't score the touchdown when we needed it. And another teammate says, hey, buddy, you know, we're going to be OK. That's a part of the game. We're not going to win everything. Now, you you know, now we know how to improve. I just witnessed self-talk. So I think yeah. it is very much yeah. a learned opportunity for all of us. I think it's it's something that there is there. You shouldn't expect to just have perfect self-talk or you shouldn't expect right. to always be this positive person. But right when you can have those moments and that's where i'll say you know as a man that's the big challenge for us is when things don't go well as men we want to be the provider and we want to you know 
be stoic and not let those things and not let those emotions enter when we when we have failed or when we did you know not meet our goals but oh that's the meat and potatoes of life right there yeah, that's yeah, when yeah. you're like that's how i can grow right is i can address <laughs> that i can share with someone i trust and respect hey look i'm struggling with this can you sure. know yeah. words of wisdom shoot yeah. that's how we met you know in yeah. our conversation yeah. was yeah, like right. hey i'm in this transition yeah what's your two cents you know, right. I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing and it can definitely be learned. Yeah. You know, I, I, and I, yeah, back to that first conversation we had, it was so great meeting you then. And, and, and I saw where you were and how you were transitioning. And I was like, man, let, let's talk about it. You know, there's some things yeah. here that, that could be cool. And we ended up with the self-talk uh, thing today. So exactly. Yeah, wonderful. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. let, let's talk a little bit and I want to poke it sort of culture. Because okay. when we get into this notion of, yeah, self-talk can be learned and it can be learned from coaches and, and parents and bosses, mm -hmm. then the implication of that, right, is there's a whole culture that forms around these people that are leading these organizations, whether it's the family organization or the business organization or the sports team, right? Yeah. So, so let's, let's talk about that a little bit. How has, have coaches influenced the way you talked? when you were playing competitive sports? Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you a, a, a good example that I don't think really has ever like made the media. But so um, when I played for the University of Miami, uh, we brought on Coach Jim Laranega. And one of his biggest things, um, which at the time we were kind of like, oh, this is a waste of time, which was he had a firm no profanity rule. And, okay. you know, in sports, it happens. Guys are trash talking. Sure. They make mistakes. They lash out. That's just a normal part of it. And um, his reasoning was that if, if you can go through tough situations and keep yourself in control, that's huge. That's mm. a life moment. That's mm. something you can grow. Mm. You know, something bad happens. You don't throw your hands up and just curse. And then the other side mm -hmm. of it was, hey, look, all these gentlemen in here, you guys are young professionals. There, there are boosters. There are supporters yeah, that are sitting yeah. on the floor. If wow. you're a young man with your own brand and you're out there cursing up a storm, well, that this is them interviewing you. They're yeah, seeing right. you on the right. job. And what they see <laughs> is maybe not something that they necessarily want to hire. So that yeah. was something. It was, what it a was great minute, message. Right? What a great, it was, wow. Super simple concept. I mean, yeah, just keep your, you know, keep yourself in check. But it was crazy because I say this because my first year when he joined was my sophomore year. We had an up and down season when everyone kind of bought into that, you know, this concept amongst many others. We ended up winning the ACC regular season, first time in school history. We won the ACC tournament and we went to the Sweet 16. So if it wasn't proof in the pudding that us just applying these minute philosophies that we did on and off the court. Cause even as teammates, when we left the gym, we came up with like, you know, and silly phrases instead of saying profanity to keep us all grounded, but we did it via yeah. text. We did it out, yeah, about yeah. when we're hanging out, yeah. but it so was creating it. that. Exactly. It. We live yeah. that self-talk. We yeah. live that commitment to, Hey, this philosophy is helping me in the thing I most care about what happens if I apply it in the rest of my life? Yeah. 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 Very, very cool. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. me, when I think about that notion, I think about Belichick. I'm a big 
Patriots fan. I know you don't want to oh, hear yeah. this right now. Right? But, <laughs> but you, you know, got to respect him, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I do think he sets the tone and he sets the culture, and I think it probably affects self-talk. If you listen to his players being interviewed, they all say the same thing. You know, it's all about do your job, you know, the Patriots mm-hmm. way. Uh, on to Cincinnati, you know, that that whole thing yeah. where, where you know, it's we're, we're re- getting ready for the next game. We're not worrying about what happened yesterday. We're not worrying about what might happen three games from now. We're worrying about to not, today's game. Exactly. And, and that's got to be going on in those players' heads, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, from, you know, those – implications are are brought on from the day that you sign on, right? Mm -hmm. So the moment a new Patriots player joined the Patriots, he sees it from his teammates, from his coworkers. He sees it from the head man and you immediately buy in. Like with my new opportunity working with Heroic and meeting our CEO, Brian Johnson, our first conversation, he set the bar so high that look, we are here to change the world. And for me, where I was coming from leaving sports, and seeing as I got on with the company and meeting other folks that have been there for an extended period of time, there's a culture, there's a deeply yeah. seated culture and committing to, to a purpose, whatever that purpose right. is, it's going to be subjective to whoever's listening, but you feel it, it radiates out of leadership. It's, yeah. it's you know, if, if, if it's really in your heart, that it's something that you really have passion of, you don't have to have the per you don't need to be a perfect speaker you don't need yeah. to be the most educated if sure. you have that real heart deep passion into something as a leader then you're going to be able to implement those philosophies because you care that much about making sure, sure your culture is sound yeah yeah i mean it sets the tone and it, and, it, and it can serve to motivate and engage and and you know um really help people see what you're trying to achieve and I know that message uh, uh, resonated with you because in our first conversation, you were talking about we were out to try to change the world. Exactly. And, and, we and want re- to get. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say you reiterated it several times in a, in a <laughs> half an hour or so. And it made me feel like, wow, this guy really wants to make a difference. Yeah. And, Our and company I- goal is we want to further the positive psychology movement of 51% of society flourishing by 2051. That is a crazy loss. Say that goal. again. Say it again. I love 51, it. <laughs> we want 51% of society flourishing by 2051. That is our goal as a company. That wow. is our commitment. That's how we start every meeting is we start with a breath. And our big thing is we are going to get grounded and centered around this idea. How can we get one more person toward of society flourishing by 2051. And I tell myself that over and over because, again, as you go through the grind and, you know, you have these tedious tasks and the mundane things that happen in your life, again, I believe those are the meat and potatoes of what's going on. But if you have that icky guy, that thing that gets you excited where you wake up and you're like, oh, man, I'm serving a higher purpose that's greater than myself. Yes. That's when things, again, so, see a little, see a lot. Yeah. When I know I'm denoting all of my time to my my fiance, my cats, my kids, <laughs> my friends, my coworkers, my boss, and this is going to improve society if I just continue to stay in my lane and do what I need to do. Because yeah. people act like boundaries are a bad thing, and I know it's yeah. a totally different conversation, but 
it allows you to unlock your potential and that's where we're at. And I, I've been loving it. That's why I'm up at six 45, you know, meeting with you <laughs> want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, Eric, I appreciate it, man. I know it was early, but <laughs> no problem. <laughs> let, let's, we got a couple minutes left. Let, let's go with this, this question. And then how do we stop self-sabotaging kind of self-talk? Do you have any ideas there? I've got a few from my coaching work that I do, but I'd love to hear what you're thinking. Well, because a lot of people one... talk negatively to themselves all day long, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a weird thing with our own humanity is, yes, we look at something beautiful and look for flaws. Yeah. It's the most backwards concept, yeah. but that's what we do naturally, is we're looking for elements and things to fix, yeah. problems to solve. It's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing until, like you said, it goes into that you're verbally or mentally abusing yourself. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of it comes down to your routine what are you doing when something bad happens like so okay i get bad news i get mad i start cursing i have a you know a bag of candy then i'm on social media scrolling because i'm upset and i just want to dissociate from it or maybe i go to drinking or smoking or something like that i was just reading atomic habits and i love that book you know Mm -hmm. just the concept of going back and systematically looking at how you approach things when they go well and when they go poorly. Um, A big concept that we talk about within our company is your algorithms. So if you have built a non-conscious algorithm that when not subconscious, but non-conscious, like, you know, when you're washing the dishes, you just mundanely, you know, okay, soap, scrub, da da da. So bad news. I get bad news, send a text, scroll Instagram, take a sip of my liquor. When you address that, that is what's going on. That's when you can start to build that. And it's a very tough process. I'm saying this like this is just an easy thing. This is something I've been working on my entire life. I'm only 29 going on 30, but very much aware that it's easy to slip into these deep, dark circles, these deep, dark paths. And one of the biggest things I've been working on um, is dissociating from social media. Quite frankly, mm, yeah. Um, unplugging, you know, unplugging. It's a yeah. you know, it's it's a simple concept, but what we experience every day is catered to get us to stare at yeah, that wound little device. Up. Yeah, wound yeah. up, excited, looking at other people yeah. living their highest and best right, lives. Right. That, for me, and I'm sure for a, a lot of folks, you know, has been a strong source of that negative self talk. Oh, I need to be doing more. Oh, right. I'm not living my life to the fullest, all this, all that. And I noticed when I put it down and actually I was recently listening to a Ted talk on boredom, allowing yourself to just sit in your own thoughts, which is again, for men is not something they necessarily always want to do, but it's what unlocks that mental freedom and that mental capacity. So it's a deeper dive, but that's definitely dissociating from social media, putting your phone down and just being in your space, whatever that is been a big one for me yeah i mean you know the with the folks that i coach you know a lot of it is first become aware of the internal dialogue that you're having so like awareness is number one second one is literally practice this if you find yourself saying stuff that's negative to yourself say it out loud say stop yeah yeah you know and then even the rubber band snap kind of thing where you keep you know keep a if you're really prone to this you know have a rubber band on your wrist and when you catch mm-hmm. yourself talking negatively snap yourself back so that you well, stop it 
it's all triggering back to your first statement. It's awareness. Everything is just what is the what is a unique way I can bring myself back to my grounding. Okay, center, I'm yeah. have it, I'm having a negative thought. How does this thought serve me? Right. Oh, it doesn't serve me. Maybe I should stop telling myself. Right. This. And then right. there you go. And, and, or the rubber band. And I start, or, and I, I change the algorithm, like you said. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I change the algorithm right then and there. So hey, Eric. Look, we've kind of run to the end of our time. I could talk to you for another 17 hours, I think. It's been really great. So, so, so thanks for coming on. Before I leave, I want to tell everybody we can keep the conversation alive on LinkedIn. Uh, I invite you guys to do that. Keep an eye out for the next episode. I've got um, a fellow by the name of Tommy Breedlove coming on uh, in a couple of weeks, and we're going to have an indispensable conversation. He's the author of the book Legendary. So again, I'm looking forward to this one too. It, it, it will be fun. So again, Eric, thank you. Uh, so thank long you for now. I, I think we're going to be um, collaborating for a long time going forward here, man. Absolutely. Thank <laughs> so, you so much for having me on. So cheers. Hey, cheers. All right.